You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Osteoporosis, major health concern for women, but what about for men? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, your host, and with me today is Dr. Maury Favis, Professor of Medicine and Director of the Bone Program at the University of Chicago in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, welcome, Dr. Favis. Yes, thank you for the invitation to join you today. We all think about the importance of osteoporosis in women. Is this an important issue for men as well? Well, uh, yes, it is. The last few years, we've seen a number of studies of uh, osteoporosis and fractures in men and have uh, come to appreciate that it's much more widespread among men uh, than we had thought. And it uh, also uh, presents uh, different kinds of challenges in terms of diagnosis and management than what we've learned from postmenopausal women with osteoporosis. And when you say it's fairly common, what type of numbers are we looking at? About uh, a quarter to a third of all uh, hip fractures uh, occur in men, so that women make up probably two-thirds to three-quarters of all the hip fractures, but men uh, certainly make up a substantial uh, number of hip fractures that occur in this country each year. That's very interesting, a larger number than I might have expected. Yes. It probably, currently, the rates of hip fractures in this country are about now 300,000 a year, uh, of which probably a little less than 100,000, maybe 75,000 of them are in men. Are men uh, aware of this? Do you think doctors and the lay public are aware? I think there's a, an ever-growing awareness among the uh, population in general, and uh, certainly uh, among physicians, I, I believe this awareness is going to grow as we see more studies published and more therapeutic studies being published as well. And in, in your own practice where you specialize in uh, disorders of the bone, are you seeing increasing numbers of men? Well, we have seen uh, in our bone program, uh, we've seen goodly numbers of men for many years. Part of that, I think, is attributable to the fact that we want to run a specialty clinic. And when men fracture uh, or they have an x-ray that reveals some collapsed vertebrae that weren't previously appreciated, weren't symptomatic, we're often uh, one place that those kinds of patients get referred. So we've been seeing men for any number of years now. Uh, we're seeing them in larger numbers. I would say probably um, 15% of uh, our patients are men now. Very interesting. And uh, do you recommend a baseline DEXA in women around the time of menopause, barring special risk factors? Well, the recommendations for doing bone density uh, scans in women under the age of 65 has generally been centered around them having one or more risk factors. However, it always comes down to uh, the physician's judgment on an individual patient as to whether they should obtain them. And then for men, it would you apply the same rule if there are one or more risk factors, they should get a baseline DEXA scan? Well, now we're wading into the area of uncertainty here, mm -hmm. uncharted areas. So we don't know what's appropriate for men. There's a reluctance to uh, recommend screening. On the other hand, uh, the yield... Um, of uh, fractures and uh, uh, low bone mass is significant, particularly as men grow older. So I think that um, we're uh, no doubt missing uh, many men who have osteoporosis and have a high fracture risk by not studying them systematically. But we don't have uh, good guidelines uh, as we do in women. Part of it is 
in women, the onset of the menopause is well known to be a major trigger for bone loss. But there's no comparable event or time in their lives that men experience that predictably causes uh, bone loss where we can kind of focus on this. For so many men with osteoporosis, the first time they get evaluation is uh, after their first fracture. Uh I think we would not accept that as adequate uh, long term. And so we're early on in sorting out uh, how we should evaluate men. Very interesting. And I guess that begs the question, is the pathophysiology of osteoporosis the same in men and women? Of course, in women, the single most common cause is the bone loss associated with estrogen deficiency at the time uh, that begins at the time of the menopause. And for about 80% of the women, estrogen loss is associated with bone loss. Uh, so most women do not escape the effects of estrogen deficiency and the impact on their bones. That pathophysiology doesn't exist in a uh, predictable way in men. Men lose testosterone, of course, uh, with age, but it's quite variable. And not aside from the low values of testosterone that one might measure, uh, it's hard to know who to study just yet. You are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and I'm speaking with Dr. Murray Favis, professor of medicine and director of the Bone Program at the University of Chicago, and we are discussing osteoporosis in men. So, Dr. Favis, I guess that, uh, without having that hormonal indicator, that contributes to some of the uncertainty about when and how to approach men. Yes, and uh, if if one looks at, uh, say, a list of causes of osteoporosis in men, hypogonadism, uh, low testosterone levels, are probably the single most common uh, identifiable cause. But that might be present in um, uh, maybe half of the men. So there are other reasons why uh, men have osteoporosis. Of course, they may be familial in the men just as it can be in women. So men can inherit the genes from their mother or father that may dictate uh, their fracture risk. Another common cause of uh, osteoporosis in men is idiopathic hypercalcuria, which is the most common cause of calcium kidney stones in men. But it's also a common cause of low bone mass. In fact, it causes probably more low bone mass and fracture risk than it does kidney stones. That's fascinating. I certainly have treated many, many men for kidney stones. And even after I get 24-hour urine studies, don't make the jump to their bones necessarily. But I should, it sounds like. I think we have to begin thinking of calcium kidney stones as a risk for osteoporosis in men. But men can have low bone mass with their hypercalcuria without any kidney stone event. Mm -hmm. So only about 10% of men who have idiopathic hypercalcuria actually go on and form a kidney stone. My sense is that the low bone mass in that syndrome is more common than the uh, frequency of the kidney stones. But often uh, is the urinary issue discovered retrospectively after a fracture? Yes, it may be. We've gotten to the point where we measure their urine calcium excretion routinely in their first evaluation uh, with us. And other standard risk factors, I imagine, apply to men? Body habitus, uh, smoking, those things? Yes. Uh-huh. Cigarette smoking, alcohol intake, calcium intake, vitamin D intake, those all apply to them as well. Are there any rough guidelines for those of us practicing primary care if, if we do have a man with 
uh, one or two of these risk factors, when should we start evaluating them and looking at their bones? Well, the epidemiologic studies on fractures in men and women show us that men tend to develop their fractures about a decade later than women do, so that the rise in, say, vertebral fractures in women might start in the 60s and climb uh, year by year thereafter. Uh, Men, the appearance of vertebral fractures in men start appearing maybe in their 70s, although there are exceptions, obviously, but the real steep rise in vertebral fracture rate begins uh, maybe late 60s, early 70s, and then rises actually at the same rate, pretty much the same rate as uh, occurs in women, but it's displaced by about 10 years to the later age in men. Given the therapeutic options we have, if the fractures are occurring in the late 60s, early 70s, how far before that should we be looking? Well, I I think that uh, the low bone mass is probably there and it's probably been there in some men for some time. And so it uh, it could certainly be discovered uh, uh, probably years before that first fracture, probably a decade or so before. And so uh, we should we look uh, earlier, if, if we're looking uh, for high rates of vertebral fractures, say, in the 70s, and we looked at men in their 60s, we would probably find a fair amount of abnormalities, and some of those studies are underway now. You are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and I'm speaking with Dr. Murray Favis professor of medicine and director of the bone program at the University of Chicago. And we are discussing osteoporosis in men. If I'm hearing you correctly, as a guideline without true data to support it, maybe to really start focusing in men who have these risk factors in the uh, late 50s, early 60s, is this a good time? Maybe I should be checking this patient's bone density. Yes, I think it's time to uh, think about it in men and to go ahead and make the measurements. Uh, one of the uh, impediments of making progress in this area is that as a men un, uh, covered by Medicare don't have the guidelines working for them the way women do. In other words, women who are eligible for Medicare can have DEXA scans done just by virtue of their age, uh, being, say, 65 or older, mm-hmm. whereas uh, that same um, approach is not Uh, available to men. One almost has to have the diagnosis uh, in order to justify uh, the DEXA scans. So that makes early discovery in men a much more difficult task. That's a very pragmatic but uh, very important consideration. How about uh, if I could throw another scenario at you, a a relatively young man who's had uh, bad asthma or, or Crohn's disease who's been therapeutically on steroids. Uh, Is there any rough guideline of when to assess their bones? Yes, steroid-induced osteoporosis uh, we can be very aggressive with, and we should be uh, in men and women. The fracture rate in men and women uh, on long-term steroid therapy is about 35%. If one is uh, taking care of a patient, a man who uh, is going on steroids and will probably be on glucocorticoids for long periods of time, the uh, definition of chronic now is the equivalent of 7.5 milligrams of prednisone a day for longer than three months. So if uh, the treatment plan is of that magnitude, then a baseline bone density and even a bone density then and follow up every six months the first two years when most of the bone loss will occur with steroids uh, is fully justified. 
Very interesting. Well, I want to thank Dr. Maury Favis, who has been our guest as we've been discussing osteoporosis in men. We touched on the scope of the problem and uh, concluded that it is a common problem that we probably need to be focusing on more, and then talked about some of the risk factors that should alert us to the possibility of weakening of the bones, if you will, in men. Dr. Favis was kind enough to give some guidelines, even in the absence of completed studies, about how we should and when we should approach our male patients with risk factors for osteoporosis. I'm Dr. Lee Friedman, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.